grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. The Word of God which engages us this day is the appointed psalm for the, Re- for the Reformation, the Festival of the Reformation, Psalm 46, verses 1, 10, and 11, which reads as follows. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, are you feeling fearful, anxious, uncertain about one or more aspects of your life in the future? If so, then you are not alone. A recent study of more than 2,000 American adults revealed heightened levels of anxiety. In fact, 40% of the respondents said that they are more fearful and anxious now than they were just one year ago in 2017. The most popular areas of fear and anxiety are health, safety, finances, politics, and relationships. Do any of those sound like areas of fear and anxiety in your life? The millennials were found to be the most anxious age group, but baby boomers had the sharpest increase in fear and anxiety. And to make matters worse at times, when we're carrying around fear and anxiety, can be the thought or the belief that we are all alone as we do so. We don't tell anyone about it, we don't talk to anyone about it because we're afraid of what they're going to think of us. Perhaps that we are, are weak or maybe even emotionally not very stable. And so we suffer in silence and carry the fear and the anxiety all alone. Well, if you are feeling fearful and anxious this morning, you are not alone. Not only because there are many more of you out there, but chiefly because of God's presence and his help in your life. Our text proclaims that truth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. You are not alone. But Satan will do his best to convince us otherwise, sowing the seeds of doubt and despair in our minds, thoughts such as, if God is such a loving God, how can he allow this to happen in my life? Or where is God in the midst of what's happening right now in my life? And from time to time, we give thoughts like this much more consideration than we should. And the result is even more fear and even more anxiety. God has never promised you a life without troubles or hardships. In fact, we should even expect troubles and hardships living in a sin-permeated world. But what God has promised is that even in the midst of these troubles and these hardships, he is at work 
to bring about the best for those who love him and are called according to his word. And that's you, and that's me. Even in the midst of those hardships and troubles, he is present working for the good in your life. And that's what Martin Luther discovered in the years that he wrote his most famous hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. We believe that Luther wrote that hymn in the years 1527 and 1528, a particularly dark time in his life. In 1527, a good friend, a student, a follower of his was murdered. We think martyred because of his belief. And then in the fall of 1527, a plague came and took over all of Wittenberg and the surrounding area. Luther wasn't afflicted by the plague himself, but he was deeply impacted by so many people dying around him left and right. And then worst of all, in December of 1527, Luther's daughter Elizabeth was born with a very serious medical condition. And for six months, Luther pleaded with God in prayer to save the life of his daughter, but in May of 1528, Elizabeth died. Luther would later look back at this period of his life and say it was one of his most darkest periods of trial, testing, and temptation. He was drained both spiritually and emotionally, and yet, by the grace and working of God, he did not turn his back on God. He did not blame God for everything that was happening in his life, just the opposite. He turned more fervently to God, and as a result, out of the depths of this despair came the words of the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And knowing that background, doesn't verse 4, the last portion of verse 4, make even more sense now? It's almost a defiant confession of faith. And take they our life, goods, fame, child, and wife. Though these all be gone, our victory has been won. The kingdom ours remaineth. Luther discovered also, ten years earlier in his life, what a rock and a fortress God was and is, as he was struggling with the ultimate question of life and death and eternity. That question, how can I, as a sinner, ever hope to stand before a righteous and a holy God? And the answers that the church was giving to him at that time brought him no comfort. And so after hours and hours of confessing his sin, after days of fasting, after sleepless nights, hours in prayer, and after physically beating himself in order to try and assuage God's anger at his sin, Luther could find no comfort. And we shouldn't be surprised that he didn't because he was looking inwardly to himself, trying to go it alone, as it were, with God. God has never had the design that you or anyone else go it alone in your relationship with him 
In fact, he did not leave us alone. He came here and dwelt with us in the person of Jesus Christ. Christ is our Emmanuel, God with us. And not just with us, but for us. He came here and lived the perfect life that no one could ever live for us. He then went to the cross and voluntarily and willingly shed his blood and gave his life for us. And then he rose again from the dead and as a result gives to us that same victory over sin, death, and the grave. Not because of anything we have done or haven't done, but simply as a gift, as a result of God's grace, his undeserved, unmerited love and favor for us. It is through faith and trust in Jesus Christ, also a gift from God to you, that you have been declared righteous, innocent, blameless in the sight of God. And as you sit here today, you are righteous, innocent, and blameless in the sight of God. And this same Savior, who has made it possible for you to be righteous in the sight of God, is with us as well. Just as he promised his disciples, I will never leave you or forsake you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He is with us here this morning in his word proclaimed. He is with us in his body and blood, given to us this day with bread and wine in his supper and the forgiveness of all of our sin. Just as he has promised, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. You are not alone. You are also not alone because the almighty, all-knowing, creator and sustainer of all things is with you each and every day. And he invites you, he pleads with you to come before him in prayer, to lay before him that which is causing you fear and anxiety and uncertainty about the future. Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares for you, writes Peter. Indeed, give those cares, give those concerns, give those worries and fears to him. The hymn summarizes it so well. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You are not alone. And how wonderful is verse 10 in our psalm. Be still and know that I am God. Notice it's no longer the psalmist describing God. It's God himself speaking to you, issuing to you a loving and compassionate invitation. Be still, be calm. And know that I am God, God with you and God for you. You are not alone. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. 
You are not alone, for as the psalm ends, so this sermon ends. The Lord of hosts is with us, and the God of Jacob is our fortress. You are not alone. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. We now confess the Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.